Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Yeah, Gavin, I know I'm late to start the show. The trains are broke. And Bill de Blasio is in Iowa pretending he's going to be president. Ass. The following podcast contains... Ah! What the f*** did that for? Hey! That was... Don't swear. What are we? Werewolves, not swearwolves. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you believe we even have a moon in the first place, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, July 19th, 2019, Walking on, Walking on the Moon edition of the show, where we're just asking questions about this so-called moon landing business. It's part two of the Moonshot Spectacular, and stay tuned. The What the Hell Are You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Fast Eddie's House of Effects. When you need a fake fast, fake it with Fast Eddie. Our team of Nepalese VFX artists will create any optical illusion or stage event your mind can imagine, so long as your mind can imagine it not involving computers. Fast Eddie specializes in matte painting, claymation, and overdubbing to create masterful imagery that will have even the least disturbing viewer thinking, uh, maybe, with its lack of veracity. When it comes to VFX, you can have it fast, you can have it cheap, or you can have it good. At Fast Eddie's, you can just have it. Act now and get our new deepfake technology where we cut out, take a photo, cut the lips out, and put the mouth of one of our Nepalese coders in there, and they'll say whatever you want them to say, so long as it's in Nepalese. Use the promo code... Sostuvanga. At checkout and save 50 rupee. That's almost 50 cents. Every split second of this historic flight, every intimate detail, every heartbeat was monitored by Mission Control in Houston. This is Capricorn 1. We have landed. As millions all over the world watched and listened, the President of the United States spoke to the astronauts across the vastness of space. To the men of Capricorn 1, I bring you greetings from your fellow Americans. There's only one small catch. It never happened. It's all a lie. A fantastic $30 billion hoax. Something's wrong, and I don't know what it is. Dig deep enough, you might uncover the truth. Those signals couldn't have come from 300 miles. But the odds are, you'll never live to tell it. Freeze! Kids today, I tell you. They don't understand what it was like back in the old times when special effects were not fancy or flashy or special at all. Until Star Wars came along, movie effects looked like, you know, movie effects. When you saw a rocket shooting through space, you could usually see the fishing line holding the rocket up as the stars rolled behind it. 2001 A Space Odyssey premiered the year before I was born, and when people saw it, they were shocked at how good the effects were. Even by today's standards, Kubrick's effects hold up, but... Your run-of-the-mill sci-fi movie of the day, it was a string and a matte painting. And as far as television, forget about it. I mean, have you seen the original Star Trek without the modernized effects? It's like my toy box exploded on the screen. And those were considered good at the time. It wasn't that we lacked the technology to do better. It was just the fact that we didn't have the budget. Now, the third rule clearly states, never spend more for an acquisition 
then you have to. It went way beyond sci-fi. I mean, even the most mundane of special effects cost more money than actually doing the thing you wanted to show with special effects. Take driving a car off a cliff and have it explode into a ball of flames at the bottom. Hollywood had the ability to do all that in miniature and make it look believable, but it was orders of magnitude cheaper just to drive an actual car off the cliff and have it blow up for real. That, pod friends, is the real magic of Hollywood. And all of this preamble is really to say that Stanley Kubrick did not film the moon landing in a Hollywood backlot because it was cheaper and easier just to build the actual rockets and go to the real fucking moon than spend billions of dollars to fake the entire thing. It's a bit anticlimactic, but very well, we accept. None of this means I don't have a pocket full of even crazier shit to tell you about that the moon land about the moon landings because in the end people are very very stupid. So over the next twenty five to thirty minutes or so, you're gonna meet some of the people who took their stupidity to the moon and to the planets beyond. One cannot begin an exploration of moon hoaxers without the guy who began the moon hoaxing trend, Bill Casing. Casing, a one-time furniture maker and technical writer, worked for a company named Rocketdyne. Man, Rocket Dine. That name is so 1950s, it just have a greaseback pompadour and a lucky strike in its mouth. Cause I never felt the desire to let music set me on fire. Then I was saved, yeah. That's why I'm keeping the faith. Yeah, 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 keeping the faith. Now Rocket Dine made rocket engines. Duh, what else is it going to make, dishwashers? And indeed, they built the engines for the Saturn V booster that took us to the moon. But Bill Casing was no rocket scientist. Bill was a writer. And for a little while, anyway, because he resigned from Rocketdyne in 1963 for uh, personal reasons. In 1976, Bill would write his magnum opus, We Never Went to the Moon, America's $30 Billion Swindle. Still available on Amazon for the low, low price of $36.78. Where reviewer John G. Wallace said in March of 2018, quote, It is important to know the evidence presented in this book. This book can provide a useful homework for further investigation, unquote. In technical terminology, he's a loon. That would apply to both the author and the reviewer. Because Casing asserted in his book that during his tenure at Rocketdyne, he was privy to documents pertaining to the Mercury, Gemini, Atlas, and Apollo programs, arguing that one does not need an engineering or science degree to determine that a hoax was being perpetrated. The Rocketdyne scientist who, with whom he worked told him there was enough technology at the time to perhaps send a crewed vessel to the moon, but not enough technology developed to return them safely to Earth. They also talked about the very real problem that is traveling through the atmospheric radiation without harming the astronauts, something that needed to be solved. Even before the July 1969, he had a hunch, an intuition, a true conviction, and decided he did not believe that anyone was ever going to the moon. Well, I'm convinced. A professional-looking film like that has got to be right. Casing's reasons as detailed in We Never Went to the Moon and his blockbuster follow-up in 2001, Conspiracy Theory. Did we land on the moon? We absolutely did. Thank you for remembering that. Are the ba 
base for pretty much all conspiracy theories that follow about the moon landing for the past 50 years. NASA lacked the technical expertise to put a man on the moon. The absence of stars and lunar surface photographs. Unexplained optical anomalies in the photographs taken from the moon. The absence of blast craters beneath lunar modules. He claimed that the rocket engines of the lunar modules should have generated an enormous dust cloud near their landing site the final seconds of descent. The mysterious death of Thomas Ronald Barron, a quality control and safety inspector for North American Aviation. The Dutch papers that had questions about the authenticity of the moon landings. He even went further to claim that NASA staged not only the Apollo 1 fire, which killed three astronauts, but also the Challenger disaster and killed those astronauts to cover up their misdeeds. Just a broken guy. More than a few blocks from sane. Well, maybe he was crazy, maybe not. I mean, he was definitely crazy about the moon, but maybe he wasn't a full-on nut job. I spent a lot of time digging around trying to get into the mind of Bill Casing, but for all he wrote prolifically, there's little out there about his life that's separate from his other uh, exotic opinions about space travel. I wanted to know, was he a true believer? Was he a con man? And I, I tried to find out, and I guess I... I could have read his books, but honestly, I'm writing the show on a week turnaround, and who has that kind of time? So instead, I pulled the following quote from his bio on BillCasing.com, a tribute website ran by a... One of them led to this wacko plan. <laughs> ...maintained by a conspiracy website that I'm just not going to bother to mention. Quote, Mr. Casey moved his houseboat to Oakland, California. It was here in the harbor area that he met some Vietnam War veterans. The conversation he had with these disillusioned veterans inspired him to research the then-recent USA moon landings. Mr. Casey discovered enough evidence collected worldwide to make him doubt the credibility of NASA. His book, We Never Went to the Moon, was the result of many years of research, subsequently earning him the distinction of the father of the moon hoax theory as a result of this book. He became a popular guest on talk radio and television shows around the world. He often stated that he used the moon hoax theory to inspire people to question authority, especially our country. Country's leadership and to and, ha, and to live life as he had done free of Madison Avenue or corporate influences unquote so you know what I can I can kind of see what he was thinking that a country that was perfectly willing to fabricate a context to start a war that would go on to kill millions of people just to give the finger to commies might just fabricate an entire moon landing just to give the finger to the commies I mean they totally didn't do that but I could see how someone like Bill could think that they would. And of course, Kaysen couldn't do it alone. There are plenty of other people out there who will, ex who will explain to you how we never landed on the moon. James H. Fetzer, also known as Uncle Fetzer. I'll tell you what happened to him. A certain someone had a senior moment. Once upon a time, he was a respected philosopher of science, an expert in cognitive science and artificial intelligence. But in the 1990s, he went full on... That's crazy. And embrace conspiracy series on everything from the moon landing to JFK to 9-11 and completing the conspiracy theory pyramid, of course, denying the Holocaust. You simply cannot go off the deep end without a healthy dose of anti-Semitism. I don't know why this is true. I only know that it is. Another loon, see what I did there, is Ralph Rene, a self-proclaimed expert in physics. Pro tip, pod friends, anytime someone is a self-proclaimed expert in anything, you can safely write them off as an idiot. Ralph's theory was entirely predicated on the amount of water necessarily for the moon mission. But Ralph's math was wrong in every way because, again, Ralph is a... He is an idiot. Ralph also thought 9-11 was a hoax and that Einstein was full of shit because, let me say this one final time, Ralph is, say it with me, pod friends, fucking idiot. 
Now we come to my favorite. Barth Sibrel is my favorite Moon Knight, not because his theory is in any way correct or even more entertaining than any other dipshits out there, but because Bart is such a pathetic moron that he got punched in the mouth by an old man. You're the one who said you walked on the moon when you didn't. Calling the kettle black if I ever thought of it. Saying I misrepresented get myself. away from me? You're a coward and a liar and a thief. The audio does not do justice, and if you can't see the video, just Google it. But Bart <laughs> just got punched in the fucking mouth by Buzz fucking Aldrin because he just kept annoying Buzz that much. And Buzz asked nicely to ask the people to move him away. Bart didn't listen, and Bart got a fucking biff in the chops by fucking Buzz Aldrin, which actually is one of the coolest things that could ever happen to anyone. <laughs> Buzz, I fucking love Buzz Aldrin. Of all the people that went to the moon, he's the one that enjoyed it the most, I think. Then there was Jack White, who liked to examine photographs to prove whatever whack job thought his broken brain thought at the moment, including JFK assassination footage. Somehow, Jack even managed to find himself testifying by the House Select Committee on Assassinations. The House Committee did not find his evidence compelling and generally addressed his information with the sort of demeanor we've come to expect from Congress. Hey, who's this asshole? His evidence for his moon theories was no more compelling than his uh, analysis of the Zapruder footage. And if you're looking for a living and modern dipshit moon hoaxer, then you should head over to Jarrah White, no relation to Jack's, YouTube channel, where he will happily retread, retread Ralph Renee's theories and bad math. Jarrah doesn't believe that pi is properly calculated, despite the thousands of years and thousands of people calculating it correctly all those years. He will sell you a 12-page pamphlet for 14 bucks, explaining to you how Archimedes got it wrong. You got some set of balls, you know that? Jarrah's raison dipshit is there was no external sources that tracked the Apollo missions, and, and so ipso facto, they never happened. Except, you know, for all the external sources, including multiple sovereign nations that did, in fact, provide tracking for the flights, and that the flights could not have been tracked at all if they hadn't. But something like reality has never bothered Jarrah White, and he's going to keep on speaking his truth and collecting that fat money from his wrong pie calculations. To be certain, there are more moon hoaxers out there, but the theory has lost some of his cachet since Bill Casing dropped it all those years ago when he dropped dead. A Knight Ritter poll from the 70s put the number of people who thought that we faked the moon landing as high as 30%, which is a stunning number of people when you think about it, but when you look at it, all the shit that had gone down in the years leading up to that poll, you kind of go back to Casey's way of looking at it. Oh, well, if they're willing to lie about all of the stuff, why not go for the moon, too? And there was a lot of stuff we learned about in the 70s. The big one, of course, about the war and how the CIA was spying on Americans and the, C and the FBI was planning information on M MLK or how the government let black men go with syphilis go untreated for decades and so very much more. Top that off with Nixon and yeah, you can see why 30% of the people might have had their doubts, but... By 1999, the last available polling I could find, only about 6% of people believe the moon landings were faked, a more reasonable number by far. Who knows what that number is today with conspiracy theories dropping like turds behind a cattle drive, but I suspect it's still pretty small. Today, the moon hoaxers are largely folded in with some larger conspiracy theories. Flat earthers naturally don't believe we went to the moon because, well, if we went to the moon, then obviously we would see the lie about the earth being a globe. Come on, people. 
And if they're not flat earthers, then they're deep staters or illuminatus who believe that the government is lying to you to keep you docile and compliant, which they probably are, but not about the moon thing. And the whole moon thing is even part of a larger disinformation campaign to keep the entire earth in their thrall. And they are, of course, they're, of course, they're the UFO theorists like John Lear, the son of Learjet inventor, and far more importantly, pod friends, the eight-track cassette tape, Bill Lear. John is a die-hard conspiracy theorist, including, but not limited, Limited to the moon hoax, John explained his theory about the moon hoax to Slate Magazine's Mark Jacobson thusly, quote, Lear was going on about the Van Allen belts, the radioactive particle fields that surround the planet moon deniers say would have caused the Apollo 11 to burn up. NASA claimed they just flew around them, Lear mocked. This was impossibly said because the Van Allen belt was not a natural phenomenon. They had been purposely placed at 500 to 25,000 miles above the Earth by a superior civilization of ETs that served as the custodians of the universe. There was to be no flying around these Van Allen belts, no passing through them, certainly not by Apollo 11 or any other resident of the planet. The ET makes sure we don't go anywhere, Lear said. They don't want Earthlings like us contaminating the solar system. This was the way it would stay, Lear continued, until humanity learns to live without envy, hate, or greed. Oh, oh okay. Oh, all right, well, you can go then. Before Neil Armstrong died, he talked about these conspiracy theories, saying, quote, People love conspiracy theories. They're very attractive. But it was never a concern to me because I know one day somebody is going to go fly back up there and pick up that camera I left, unquote. Which, of course, is the problem of all moon hoaxers and why the theory has become so much less popular. The moon is no longer mysterious or even really that exciting. To be sure, it remains incredibly hard to get to, kind of like Williamsburg on the weekends. Once again, the MTA has bested us. But you can get there if you know have enough time and money. Hell, all you gotta do is get a big enough camera lens, turn it on the moon, and you can see the evidence of our presence. Indeed, the moon needs a crying fake Indian. We've led so much junk up there. You can literally see the loon buggy tracks from the orbiter photos. The only way not to believe in the moon landings is to ignore all the mountains of evidence proving we landed on the moon. And that's just too much work. Easier to believe in something that requires less brain power, like Donald Trump is tackling the super-secret devil-worshipping pedophile ring than the moon hoax. And if there's anything conspiracy theorists in general are in need of, it's using less brain power because they don't have that much to work with in the first place. Still, all these conspiracy theories out there, I think I've got the most sympathy for the Moonites because I kind of understand them. Not the, the batshit crazy part, but the part that, that thinks that it might be better if we never win at all. I'm sorry, what now? It's like I said last week, we spent all that money and time to do something huge something monumental, something life changes for the entire human species, we literally left this planet and went to another one, and then we just stopped. Instead of reaching further out into the universe and rising to new challenges, we fell back to Earth and got smaller, more isolated, dug deeper into our tribes and enclaves. We took technology and the science we created to do this amazing thing and use it to not go further faster or reach for new frontiers. Instead, we used it to make microwave burritos and sneakers with lights in the heels. Instead of planting flags on Mars, we go on fucking Facebooks where simpletons can go to find other simpletons to spread lies about things we all know to be true and make money from it. We could have had people on Mars right now finding new ways to change the environment and learning to live with the resources they have. Instead, we are slow 
slowly turning our planet into a crockpot of shit. If we were just going to do that anyway, we might as well have just stayed home. And who knows, maybe John Lear is right. Maybe we ran into the Galactic Health Service who slapped a quarantine on this idiot species, who took one look at us and said, no. The line must be drawn here. This far, no farther. You could send out your little probes into robots, but you stay home. We don't need your stupidity infecting the rest of the galaxy. And looking to the world I call home, I can't say I would blame them. They say we're going back to the moon, that then we're going on to Mars, and that the government won't do it, then Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos will. And who knows? Maybe they fucking will. I don't know, and I personally don't believe it. I strongly suspect humanity will be stuck here on this boiling ball of turds until we finally fuck everything up so bad that we kill one another as effectively as if the Galactic Health Service had bug-bombed the planet. Which is why they don't even bother to contact us directly or to drop the bug-bombs. Why expend the energy to do what we are so effectively doing themselves with <laughs> no money and no effort. Again, the third rule of acquisition. And then, once that has happened, either the, we bug-bombed or we bug-bomb ourselves, all that will be left to ever prove that we will exist in, and that for one brief moment in time, humanity got its shit together enough to stick its nose outside our front door and went to the moon, the only thing that will be left to prove that we even existed is our garbage on the moon. And that, pod friends, is a fitting tribute to this dumb, dumb species. That is it for our show this week, part two of our big moonshot spectacular. 50 fucking years, man. You know what I think about this being the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11? I mean, besides my deep cynicism displayed over the past two episodes, it's that, fuck me, how can I possibly be 50 years old? I mean, the moon landings happened weeks after I was born, but growing up, they all seem so far in the past. I mean, shit. Just 10 years after we did it, it was like, oh my God, that was so long ago. And what are we doing now? Fuck, man, I was going to be living on the moon colony someday. I was really looking forward to living on the moon, and I got no moon, motherfuckers. Someone owes me the moon. My country spent, <laughs> went to the moon 50 fucking years ago, and all I got was this shitty t-shirt and a way to tell a guy I've never met 5,000 miles away that he's a fucking asshole because he doesn't agree with me. We got robbed. Speaking of not in agree with me and rate and review the show wherever you find your podcast and help others to find the show and send me messages on Twitter telling me that I'm a fucking asshole. If you would like to uh, tell me what a fucking asshole I am, you can find me on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast and fire away. All the reasons you will want to say hurtful things to me are on SoundCloud at the show name and at whatthehellpodcast.com. So for me, Dave, one small step for man, Bledsoe producer, one mediocre step for producers, Gavin, and all the fictional guys up in the Columbia, we want to say giant steps are what you take walking on the moon if, if we had actually gone to the moon, which we totally did. We'll see you all next week. Walking on the moon, my feet
I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings. Podcasts.